Hello and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight after the 2-2 draw against the Timbers is Josh Cacho. Josh, how you doing? Yeah, as well as one can be after a game like that. You know, obviously it it has its highs and lows, but you know, ultimately we you know, you you make it through the next round unscathed, you know, everyone's going to you know, you're gonna go in with your, your full complement of players, but obviously you would have liked to get that one and end up facing up with Cincinnati rather than Seattle. Yeah, I mean LAFC with two really good goals within like ten minutes of each other. You have what a what amounted to a counterattacking rocket from BWP on an assist from Latif Blessing, and then a set piece goal, which I feel like we don't we you know we score fairly often from free kicks, but not quite as often from corner kicks. Um, and I think that was Kay's second or third from a corner. So it was good to see him. It was good to see Brian finally get some good service into the box. Um, and be able to find Kay on a, on a great back post run. Uh, unfortunately two pretty embarrassing defensive efforts led to Portland goals, the first and the final goal of the match. Um, so we come away with a draw and LAFC finishes second in group F. Uh, and we will be playing the Seattle Sounders on Monday. Josh, what are like your overall thoughts about this match immediately following it? I mean, I think for the, you know, again, like for the most part, the, they controlled the possession like we would expect, especially in the Portland team that, you know, usually, it takes them about halfway through the year before they realize that they're not good at playing possession football and they start just bunkering and countering like like normal but i think the big thing again like we it's it's some it's it's a lot of the same mistakes that we see repeatedly over and over and over again and i think that's one of the more frustrating things it's like by now you would have thought these are things we could have that should have and would have been cleaned up you know by game 3 but Again, whether it's the, you know it's just the sloppiness in the first half, lack of communication, a bunch of different factors, just kind of again lead to these mixed results as opposed to you know by if you were to if you were to take out you know basically the first you know the first fifteen minutes of every game, right? We walk away with the whole you know with all three games, but at the same time. Again, they there's just these moments where they just switched off for whatever reason, and you know I said the last goal was kind of a weird, weird thing where they just can't clear it, and you don't have your your normal, um, you know you don't have K or in there to kind of be that commanding presence to to get get the ball out. You know again, again you're lacking. You're probably at that point you're lacking for some size, but yeah, just it never. No one ever really took control of the game. Um, and because of that, you know, it's it's like one of those things where, you know, you never want to leave it, you know, never want to leave it. I think it was like a Dana White saying for the UFC, it was like you never want to leave it in the hands of the judges. You just don't want right. to leave it, leave a game with that opportunity where they can, you know, they can make they can make it a question, right? And you know what we saw in the last game against against Galaxy was again just a thundering like, nope, right. But just slam again, the door shut. Yeah, right. slam the door shut. Say this is it. This is one of those ones where they 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 left those opportunities there, and at some point, right, good teams are going to make you pay, right? The Galaxy, you know, are 
have proved that they're just not a very good team. So they can't do those things. You know, they're not going to make you hurt when you make those mistakes. However, you know, like I said, some of these other teams, especially the, you know, heading into the Seattle game, again, you can't do those same things and expect to have come away with, you know, a positive result. Right, right. And I mean, it's one thing to play against Portland in this manner because you can, you, I mean, you nearly snuck it by them. You get two goals and you almost come out with a win. But against a team like Seattle, that's much more competent in possession, that's much more competent, I would say, on the counter as well. Uh, especially, especially considering that Portland wasn't playing with Valeri or Bobase for most of the match. Um, you're going to get punished more frequently. And I mean, this is what we saw last year in the, in the playoffs, right? LAFC looking a little flat and playing a little lackadaisical and they were bounced. Their season was over as a result. So definitely have to get it tuned up before Monday. Um, one thing you mentioned as well, Josh, is we don't really have a whole lot of big bodies on that back line. Uh, and that became very apparent at the at the end of the match on the second goal where you have Latif Blessing uh, do a good job clearing a ball off the line that's headed into the goal. But then nobody tries to win the second header and nobody tries to win the third header either, which is a Boba saves, right? And he just blasts mm-hmm. it straight, straight across the face of goal into the back corner. So uh, if you look at our starting back four, Today, you have Chiqui Palacios, which he's probably 5'6", maybe. You have Eddie Segura, who I think is 5'8". Yeah, 5'8", 5'9", I think he's listed up. Blackman is actually tall. I want to say he's like 6'2", but I'm not really sure. And then and then Blessing, so, you know, somebody else under 5'7". Um, so, at the beginning of the match, you have Janela and Kay, who are both taller, so on set pieces, you can help, you can use them to defend a little bit better. But once those guys come out at the end of the match, there's not a whole lot of big bodies to, to go win balls. Uh, that's kind of something that bugs me about the way the back line is constructed right now. And then you look at, you know, who did we bring in to play right back? Andy Nahar. And I believe they said in the broadcast, he's only five, five. Um, yeah. so at some point we got to get some more height, not that, we're going to be bringing in anybody new or that that's the only criteria that you should use when building a back line. But it's one thing about the roster construction that um, is a little puzzling. Yeah. I mean, it last year, you know, especially at the end of the game, it did help that you could always bring in Yakovic, right. Who was like six, two to be come in and play that third center back alongside, right. um, Alongside Segura and, and, uh, and Zimmerman, you know, and so, um, you know, again, with him coming, you know, maybe that I'm, I'm assuming they're probably give him, you know, giving him some rest, all things, you know, and maybe just pl- trying to play different against a Portland team that, you know, they thought maybe would be a little bit more expansive, you know, but again, it, it, it's just one of those, you know, again, he's not a guy that you want to have to rely on, but he has been playing well and, you know, puts himself in the good positions, you know, the issue you know, you know, that just comes up again is in in these moments, you know, especially when teams are chasing games and, and some of those things, you know, again, we we went with like the all midfielder team at one point, you know, it's seemingly at one point, but all of them are also, you know, under five, eight, you know, including right, our right. forwards and so on and so forth. So 
chasing games, you know, when you're trying to loop, you know, you're looping crosses, but to who? Right? Mm-hmm. Like Blackman's your only guy that's over six feet tall. So, you know, again, it, it puts you in a big, bit of a bind, but obviously, you know, like knowing knowing that you're going to go through and obviously like, you know, from from Bob's perspective, right, probably you don't probably care who you play against. You know, like we've beat Seattle before. We know how to play against them. Um, you know, it's just now a matter of making sure you go and do it. No, obviously, in the absence of Carlos Vela, it makes it a little bit more difficult um, because they're going to have the majority of their top guys available for that match. But, you know, like I said, they're going to have to, you know, he's going to have to do something to figure this out because, again, these are some of these, you know, while while the depth against some certain teams, you know, is overwhelming in this particular situation. And, again, it came back to bite you in the butt. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we've seen LAFC struggle against teams like this in the past. Uh, we always go back to the Minnesota match from last year where they just parked, you know, four defenders are, I think it was five defenders and then three defensive midfielders, right? They play, they play like a five, three, two, I think Mm -hmm. it was. Um, and there was just nothing we could do. And I think something similar happens tonight where they roll out a four man back line with three defensive midfielders. And they're in this, you know, four, three, two, one, uh, Christmas tree shape. And you see LAFC trying to play through the half spaces, but everything is so much more, crowded than it was against the galaxy um their back line is much more compact and much more narrow and then there's three midfielders right on top of that so it's not quite as easy for us to play in balls in between the center backs in between the center backs and the fullbacks uh or to just dribble through people because it's just too crowded mm-hmm. um and it's tough it's tough to adjust so you see us have success on something like when Latif finds BWP early and they're out of, and they're out of shape and BWP is just a clinical finisher. Right. And he finds this rocket of a shot from outside the box, um, which is something that we always talk about. You know, you have to find other ways to either beat them from distance or to pull them apart. Um, and especially in the second half, I felt like we were just incapable of doing that once Nahar and, uh, and, El Munir. and El Munir came in on at fullback, it was much harder for us to to beat them on these overlapping runs. I don't know if they just didn't respect it as much or if they weren't quite overlapping quite as far. It seemed like especially Nahar was reluctant to run down and get down and get to the end line. So it was mostly just passes swung out to him on the wing. And then he's either going to try and beat the guy one-on-one or just recycle possession again. Yeah, I mean, and especially coming off a big injury like he's been dealing with, um, you know, I think he tore his, torn his ACL twice yeah, for the last yeah. couple of years, right? He he doesn't look like he quite has that explosion, you know, to get to get by his man yet. Um, you know, that's going to come in time and with more game fitness, you know. But for his, you know, but at the same time, I think his, you know, and his strong suit is right is supposed to be that speed and then his passing ability, and so I think. Ultimately, they're probably looking to be able to now play that crossfield switch to move, you know, Portland's defense from left to right. You know, like force an overload, then hit the switch, and then now you're now you're one on one, right? However, whenever they would, you know, like you never saw that pass come, and then again they would kind of just try to play through the middle and then swing it out wide. But again, it was never enough to move to get Portland to have to overload to compensate for 
what you were doing on offense, right? It was just, they could just kind of just sit back and play one-on-one and, you know, no one was getting, no one was really getting by anyone. So they didn't need to help, which means the rest of the defense can kind of just sit and be stagnant. And then the trap, you know, then there's so much traffic that again, it becomes, you know, a nightmare to score against. And so ultimately, like I said, I think with those guys, the goal is going to try to get the defense to shift from left to right, create some overloads to just move, to get the defense to have to react. But again, when you're, when you tend to be, you know, we talked about this yes the other day um, in regards to how Kay and Blessing often set themselves up. And sometimes they can be a little bit static in their positioning. And in this case, you kind of saw it from everyone while the fullbacks were supposed to be trying to create, right? The fullbacks have the ball on the outside trying to make something happen, but everyone is kind of just standing around. Um, and again, doesn't really do much, doesn't do any favors and, you know, to to the midfield trying to now play through the middle because again, everyone can stay compact and everyone can stay tight. Right. You know? And so again, unless, unless you have a guy, you know, like a Kevin De Bruyne who can, who can pick a pass, you know, through, you know, and thread the ball through the eye of a needle, you know, again, you're going to struggle to really create against a you know, against a team that's playing that way. And again, while, while Seattle's a little bit more expensive than Portland, you know, they've they think they've found the recipe you know and it's not playing toe-to-toe the way they they tried to initially and earlier in the year because when they did that they got you know they got annihilated now you know again and then you see that the playoff game and then again the the tactic changes and they play more 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 counter-attacking and then again the result is you know is what it is yeah yeah uh one thing that we talked about on the last show josh was Francisco Ginella getting more time and potentially a start. He did start today. Um, not my opinion of him remains the exact same. I absolutely love his game. I love what he did tonight. Um, I don't remember exactly when it was, but there was a moment that I texted you. I think it was in the first half and he plays a, a ball to Diego Rossi. And what I texted you about was the way that he almost dummies the ball like his own pass, he orients his hips and looks like he's going to play it back quicker on a give and go with Rossi than than he actually is. And at the last minute, switches his hips, is the rest of his body stays the same and is able to direct the ball further up the up the field than than initially anticipated. And it it fakes out the defense. And to me, those are like the little the little techniques that he has in his arsenal that. Uh, just put him head and shoulders above what you would typically expect to see in, in a midfield, you know, in a young midfielder in MLS. Um, I, I love what he brings. Um, and obviously he's not going to be as well versed in the system yet, but, uh, I was happy to see him get a good 65, 70 minutes, whatever it was in order to acclimate. Um, and I guess that's another point too, is, you know, you bring in Nahar, and he might not be as explosive as he normally is, but ultimately it's a it's a low risk game, right? Either way, you're going to move on in the tournament, and you're really only playing for a chance to to draw a, an, an easier. Uh, my goodness, I can't get this out of my mouth. Uh, you're really only playing to draw an easier opponent there, so uh, a little bit of risk in order to get in order to get uh, some of the newer players some some minutes here yeah i mean ultimately 
understanding that you know tournament play often can be a slog and can and it is you know while it is it's a sprint of a of of you know it is a sprint to a certain degree again it is also a battle of attrition at the same time and so if you can get through the worst of it right you 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 assume that you're going to come out the other side um you know with more guys that can step in you know when you need it and then just have more options you know, should should they be? You know, should that be be what the team needs at that given time, as opposed to you know, kind of looking for answers and have nothing available because no one has really gotten that opportunity to come in and make a difference. You know, and so you know, I think I think it's there's a couple things probably working in this in this in this game. Um, you know, probably working through a few new things, trying to figure a couple things out. You know, you saw some of those guys get longer run, but Janela just looks like he belongs there. I mean, yeah. that's the one thing, you know, like I said, he, the way that, um, next at Twesta, especially, right? You see, you just see the ball flow so seamlessly and so smoothly through the midfield again, mm-hmm. um, without any effort. Um, you know, whereas, Sifu is more of a guy who's going to take the, you know, it seems like the kind of type, more of the type who's going to take the ball and drive it forward into space and then try to make something happen. So I think, you know, as, as opposed when, when hopefully you have your fullbacks up to speed and they're playing well together and you have more continuity on that back line, right? You have two creators on the outside in Nahar and, and Palacios who can make things happen. You're going to have your two recyclers. Right from from your midfielders, and then have the one midfielder that being Sifu or or K in those positions, who are likely going to be the ones that get forward into the half spaces and try and you know provide some overloads um, on offensive perspective. You know, but I think those two specifically are going to be the guys that maintain and cycle the possession, and then are the ones who can dictate and pick a pass that gets the defense moving and moving from left to right. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I noticed was when uh, when Cifuentes came on, you could hear Bob very clearly yell, "Mark, make sure to talk to Sifu a lot." <laughs> so I think I think he probably trusts him less implicitly than he does Pancho. Um, and uh, and again, we talk about we've talked about it several times. He is more raw, uh, probably not quite tactically aware or adept in a, in this kind of system, um, but. Still love his game. I'm excited to see him more. Um, and we're just going to wait to see what happens. I, I really do wonder what this transfer window is going to bring in terms of LAFC potentially moving people on. Uh, Josh, yeah. we have quite a few questions, and I feel like we've got through most everything on like you know that we can, that we can speak intelligently on after just watching it one time. Is there anything else you want to mention before we get into some of these? No, let's get to it. All right. First one is from our boy, Andrew Duran. What does Duke bring to the field when he is subbed in? So Bryce Duke comes in for K. I don't know. It was like the 85th minute or so. It was before the second goal um, from Portland. Uh, when when I see Duke come on, I see somebody, I see a 19-year-old kid with loads of energy uh, that is going to play quality passes. He's going to make runs that might not be happening at the same speed at that time because you have tired legs, especially in a turn in a tournament like this one. And I see somebody who's willing to take risks and keep the defense honest by shooting from distance. Um, he again is not going to have as much tactical awareness as a guy like Mark Anthony K. Um, 
So he's not going to be the one out there organizing the defense and making sure the midfield is tracking all the runners that they should. But uh, I think it's more of just like a physical change, a physical sub at that point. You got anything on that one, Josh? Well, I think I feel like prior to him coming on, I think Kay was down for a while, right? Yeah, either he was just tired or he had, and it didn't look like he tweaked anything, you know, or looked yeah. injured, but just didn't have much left in the tank, you know. Yeah, you know what? Was, now that you mentioned, I do remember him. He went down with a cramp. Uh, yeah, and Blessing was trying to stretch him out. Water break, right? Mm-hmm. Blessing so. was trying to stretch him out, and Kay's one leg is as tall as Latif is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I think at that point, it's just a matter of like he, you know, he probably just needed you know, to get it, you know, he just needed to get out of there. Cause I'm not sure he had, had much left in him. Right. So, right. uh, you know, again, and when, when you go to your bench, what, what else are you really, do you really have other than a thousand midfielders at this point, you know, yeah. And, yeah. And, and guys who haven't really been there before, maybe that, that was a situation where we probably should have seen a more defensive substitution. But at the same time, I think given the low risk situation and the pro- the fact that you're probably trying to arrest Yakovic, given how much he's had to run over the last couple of days, especially mm-hmm. in in the early parts of the game or the last couple of games in the early in the early bit, um, again, that's probably why you see him there rather than anyone else. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what else the sub would have been unless you bring in. Are there, I mean, are there? I guess if you bring in Danny Masovsky for K and then move. Rossi back out to the wing and blessing it into the into the midfield. Maybe that would have worked, um, but I mean, you're really you've already messed with the formation so much during that match. I I would imagine Bob's a little bit reluctant to change everything out again. When again, Duke acquits himself quite well when he's on the field. I don't feel like he was responsible for any for any mistakes or anything. So. No, and he and again he puts himself in good position to transition the offense. You know, he can, he's going to put in the hard yards. He's clean on the wall. You know, like you don't often see him turning turning the ball over that you know that leads to opportunities for the other team. So, you know, I said I'm not yeah. mad about it. Right. All right. The next one, Josh, comes from Tyco BNG at Tyco Blue. Who plays in the net against Seattle? Now, I noticed that Laura Mills had liked that question, so. I tweeted back at her to ask her for her opinion, because again, as we always say, she's the expert on this stuff, not us. Uh, we have a, a bit of a thread here. You ready? Mm-hmm. Cisniega looks so complacent tonight. Zero command and a back line that needs direction. We kind of talked about that. I say throw Vermeer back in. He needed uh, to sit and think about why he was getting pulled. Now I think it's Pablo's turn. Punishing your goalkeepers men- uh, mentally like that isn't ideal, but sometimes necessary. Expanding on this, I haven't seen enough of Vermeer to know how he'll respond, but my guess is that his experience as a pro will allow him to steady his own ship. With Pablo, there seem to be some pretty clear technical skills that he needs to improve on. Uh, parenthetical note, along with leadership. Um, we kind of talked about that. About I don't know what technical skills she's getting at, but we kind of talked about uh, his lack of, you know, his like lack of an ideal passing skill set. Um, I don't know if she's talking more like shot stopping or uh, she's obviously talking here about commanding the back line and everything. Um, I'd be interested to hear what what else she says about it. But she goes on to say that LAFC really needs a second team. Cisniega could really develop with consistent game minutes, just not maybe not consistent first team minutes. His start seemed to unsteady him about 50% of the time. So, I don't have really anything else to add here. I feel like Laura kind of crushed that answer. Yep. 
Um, do you have anything, Josh? No, I mean, I think I, I, I tweeted out earlier, you know, in the beginning of the game, like when he had that kind of a weird, you know, gaff. I don't even know what the heck was going on there. But again, it's it's ball gets kind of caught at his feet, just doesn't feel natural. It didn't yeah. seem to feel, you know, to be natural with the moving the ball that way. And so, mm-hmm. again, it, you know, it, fortunately, they they weren't able to capitalize it on it. But again, it's an it's an error, you know, it's an error that you can't afford, especially as you start to move through the competition. Yeah, there were a couple times in the match that I noticed that the pass probably should have gone to the keeper and it didn't. I would have a hard time believing that any midfielder or defender when under immense pressure is going to not just play the keeper, but uh, it does make you wonder, like, are they not sending it back to him because they're not sure about how it's going to be received and and played back out? Um, It's something I'll watch again when I go through tomorrow before our in-depth analysis. But uh, yeah, just not not quite there with his feet. Um, Let's see, I got to get, oh, we got some more questions coming in too, it looks like. Oh, Laura just tweeted again. Here it is, the fourth one in the thread. Uh, and then I'll come take the LAFC second team, the second team admin spot when Academy guys are ready to step into the USL. So here she, I mean, this is her grand plan and I'm, I'm 100% for it. Uh, she wants a second team from LAFC and she wants to be the second team's admin, which is fine with me. Let's do it. Um, now, let me find these other ones. I think they were in response to another tweet. Yeah. So here's one from Jeffrey Bamaka at Jeff Bamaka. Why do you think we give up goals so early in the game? Is it not being able to read the other team? I'll let you swing at that one first, Josh. And then he's got a second half to the tweet here. I mean, to me, the big part of it just seems like it's mainly just sharpness. And then pushing numbers forward and then not be able to maintain balance in that, in that same light. Um, and so you start to see, you know, you start to see, you know, early on LAFC has the position, they're pushing things forward, but also when they're trying to push forward, they're also not in a mode where they're quite ready to cover for the guy, you know, that's pushing forward and they're not quite balanced in the way that they're supposed to approach. So then next thing you know, Right, you end up with a situation where you have you know a ball hit over the top, and next you know just again not being aware awareness early in the game, mistakes early in the game, just not having that sharpness. Potentially could be the weather, you know. Again, it's nasty down there, so you know again, um, it's the third game in a row we've seen them start slow and sloppy. So again, you have to wonder if there's if there's something from an environmental perspective that's playing into this as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine it seems to me like the teams are coming out amped up, ready to steal one. They, I mean, I think they kind of understand that, uh, that's the ideal way, right? (laughs) Come out and punch them in the mouth as quickly as possible to try and get yourself ahead. Uh, and then defend like crazy forever. Uh, all three teams that we faced so far have done the same exact thing. And I also think that it's just a lack of, uh, continuity, um, where we, I mean, we've, we've started the same midfield twice, uh, today was a bigger mix up. And I think that is what directly led to the, to the first goal where you have Blackman sliding way over and blessing, just not even paying attention to an open runner behind him, uh, behind Blackman that is, uh, 
so to me, it's, you know, it's, it's shifting things around in this match. Um, and then I think it's, I think it's taken a while for them to find their feet against, against each individual team. I would also imagine that having a guy like Vela, who you can actually send the ball out to on the wing and just trust that he's going to create something will help with possession and, uh, help free up some of the other guys, um, once you have to be more honest about defending a guy like Vela, I think it'll open things up for Rossi on the other side and BWP behind him. So uh, his next part of the question is, do you guys think that the lack of switching off in the front three makes the team more predictable? Although I don't think BWP should be anywhere other than in and around the box. Um, for me, I, I, I don't really need them to switch it up all that much. I think when it's natural to do so. So if the ball swung way out to the right wing and the left winger cuts inside to the back post and you have the striker on the front post, for example, uh, and then a loose ball gets chased by one of the attackers, I think it's perfectly fine to just set up and, and attack from there. And given the way that we try and uh, attack off the counter press, I'm not really sure. Like, I mean, it's you attack with what you have. Um, and I think that's what leads to most of, to most of the switching. I, I don't, I don't normally see it as like a conscious decision. Like, okay, well now we're going to switch to give them a different look. Um, what do you think, Josh? Yeah. I mean, I think you do, you know, like usually when they do it, it's naturally through the course of the game because you see something specifically in, in the way, you know, that, that Portland's playing. Right. But I'm not sure doing any of that's really going to change much in terms of how you approach it because Portland's just sitting in a deep bunker, right? So what, right. what does it really do to move to swap the positions, right? You really just need to get movement from left to right and right. And Bella does it naturally when he's on the field because he, he has with that messy gravity towards him, right? Like you have to send, you have to drift towards him because he may just do something to make you look like a fool, right? Yeah. We don't, None of the guys that are out there, even though Rossi has been playing very well, he, they don't have that gravity about about them. So no one's really that afraid to the point where they're gonna they're gonna send extra help, right, with anyone that's out there. And so unless you have that kind of guy, then you're reliant on your ability to pass and move the ball from left to right to create some of those those overloads and mismatches. And again, I, you don't really get that from just rotation, you know, rotation and swap, you know moving things slightly again it has it's going to come more from how you your tactic in that particular situation as opposed to you know again maybe changing the formation or doing different things that, that doesn't change much of of that's not going to affect what what they're doing to us very much in that sense yeah yeah i mean having vela out there well i mean maybe maybe it'll help to dig into that a little bit so if you have vela on the right wing against portland tonight when he's on the ball, you're going to see the left back and the left-sided central midfielder, whoever it is, I don't know. Um, they're both going to go out and cover him. So now you have the entire formation switching. And then if you have a guy like Blessing or Blackman overlapping, that's going to require a third defender to come over. And all of a sudden you have uh, only one person on Rodriguez or Rossi on the other side. You have more space for BWP to operate. And then you have essentially just two midfielders left to take care of 
or potentially even one, depending on who it is that comes over to cover our overlapping full, our overlapping fullback. So just two midfielders left to cover whoever it is between K, Blessing, Janela, Atuesta, whoever is in the midfield and attacking at that moment. Um, so if you can if you can require another team to double team you, then obviously you're going to get to a numerical advantage really quick. Um, Brian Rodriguez, while I like the guy, doesn't command that kind of respect yet. Um, I don't know that he will. I think the book on him right now is as long as you keep him in front of you and don't show him too much space, then he's going to think and think and think and think and think until he's out of options and has to force something. That's what it seems like to me when he's one-on-one rather than just exploding past somebody with, you know, one move and go like a Diego Rossi will. But uh, I think that's all of our questions, Josh. Anything else on that one or anything else we've missed tonight? No, I don't think so. I mean, like I said, it's one that we probably need to take a little bit deeper look to kind of just yeah. find some of the, the things that really just became a problem. What was different from, you know, the the galaxy game to this in terms of you know was it an intensity issue and again things that the counter press looked good for you know 60 minutes right you know basically yeah, from yeah, from when they good. scored the second the one game. in the middle so you know they were they were you know more or less in control for the majority of the game um you know but at the end the issue i think is that when you know there's these these kind of brain fart moments where the issue, you know, things just come up and again they can't account for it. And so those are the things I think we're going to need to take a lo- little bit deeper look, um, really see what was going on and then kind of go from there. But you know, like yeah. I said, for now I think that's we're pretty good. All right. So thank you everybody for your questions. If you have any more questions or comments, be sure to send them in to us. Um, if you have anything that you want us to watch for as we go back and rewatch this game prior to our in depth analysis please send them our way. You can tweet at us at counterpress underscore. Uh, You can tweet at me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh. LAFC Josh on Twitter. All right. And we will be back this weekend to talk more about this match, what went well, what didn't, and maybe a little bit of a preview on the Seattle match as well. Until then, take care.